Kids are adorable. If you have Bibles with you this morning, please open up to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, verse 1. I announced on Facebook that there was going to be an announcement this morning, and this is it. This is my final day as your pastor. This is my last Sunday. Wayne and I met on Thursday night. And uh, we had a good discussion. Um, the church finances are such that you guys really just can't afford to pay me anymore. <clears throat> uh, my salary has been drastically reduced, and and frankly, it could be reduced further. One of the complicating factors is that with the visa that Dean and I are under, we are prohibited from working anywhere else. It's not like I can go get a part-time job and supplement my income. Under my visa, I'm allowed to work as a pastor of this church, and that's the only thing I'm allowed to do. And Aideen's not allowed to work at all. And so it just puts us in you know, just an impossible position financially. Uh, we're at the point where I can't live any longer on the income um, that you guys can afford, that the church can afford. And... Um, and I have no options to make more money. And so, uh, after really a heartfelt discussion, uh, we agreed that it was uh, time for Nadine, I, for Nadine and I to move back to the United States and closer to our children. Um, frankly, even at a minimum wage job in the States, I'll make the same money I'm making here. And at least it affords us the opportunity for Nadine to... Um, uh, for needing to work. So this is not at all an easy decision for us. It's a very difficult decision. It's a painful decision. Uh, we love you all, and we will miss you dearly. Um, we do ask for your prayers, because right now we don't have a place to live, and we don't have jobs. <laughs> and we're hoping that the resources come in that allow us to actually move all the way across the country to where our daughter is. So for Nadine and I, this is a leap of faith. Well, why go to Washington? Well, uh, we've lived there before. We've got a network of friends there. One of our friends has a pretty significant position in a hospital in the town we used to live in and seems confident that she could probably get Nadine work. And so work is the linchpin. And so if she can find a job, I'll, I'll do anything. And... Um, you know, we'll just, we'll just get a, we'll just, we'll just start over. Um, it also leaves us a relatively short drive to our daughter and uh, a short flight to our son. And so, um, and so today's the last day. Um, I know that God is good. I know that God loves me. <laughs> I don't understand all that's going on, but I do trust him to lead us through this. And so with that said, I've heard that last words are lasting words. And so since these will be my last words as your pastor today, I want to offer what's on a father's heart uh, for you guys. 
So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Says this, it says, Follow the way of love. Eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Especially prophecy. That's the New International Version. The New American Standard says it this way. It says, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. There's a, a version called the, the Darby Bible uh, translation. Can't say I read it all that often, but it had a unique take on the verse. He says, follow after love and be emulous of spiritual manifestations, but rather that ye may prophesy. Emulous. Emulous is a good word, right? I like emulous. You would emulate spiritual manifestations. Or the, tra- the, the Passion Translation, quickly becoming a favorite. It says, so above all, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. It is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. So why, for my final day with you, did I p- pick this verse? Because it was the first verse I used on my very first Sunday as your pastor back on September 2nd. 2012. I think I spent the first year preaching through that text and maybe the first eight or ten weeks just on the first part of that verse that says pursue love. So this verse is in, is in three parts. Let me speak my Father's heart to you out of each one of these three parts. Follow the way of love. The church at Corinth had two distinct characteristics. It was a church that embraced and operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And it was a church that was a relational mess. Man, was it a mess. That's why chapter 12 is all about the various gifts of the Spirit functioning as necessary parts of the body and why chapter 13 is all about love. Paul's addressing these two issues in the church. That the gifts... And about the relationships. And so he ties them together nicely in verse 1 of chapter 14. Follow the way of love. Eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Now listen, the admonition to love is replete throughout the New Testament. Let me share with you a few powerful verses that challenge us to love one another. John 13 verses 4 and 5. Jesus says to his disciples in the upper room on that fateful night, a new command I give you, love one another. Even as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all. What does above all mean? It means above all. It means before and above Every other thing, before your thoughts, before your opinions, before your offenses, before anything, above all, maintain an intense love for each other. Since love covers a multitude of sins. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 to 3, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. 
And then he describes it. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Powerful. Powerful challenge and call to love. Colossians 3, verses 12 to 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If you have and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I read through those verses, guys, and I do not see any wiggle room that gives us license to not love. 1 John 4, 8 tells us that God is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 tells us that love never fails. And if that's not enough, 1 John 3, 1 reminds us. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Please listen to me this morning. We are a people made by love. We're a people who are made for love. We're a people who are made to love. Love is our mandate. Love is your mandate. If we get nothing else right, may we be a people that get the love part right. So Charlottetown Vineyard, as your pastor for one last day, as your friend, as a spiritual father, I exhort you, I challenge you, I dare you. Love one another. Love one another sacrificially. Love one another passionately. Love one another tenaciously and intentionally. Love one another. The verse goes on to say, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Paul challenges the Corinthians to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Why would he need to do this for a church that's already operating in the gifts? Because as I told you from the very beginning, I got here five years ago, the gifts are messy. Why would Paul have to challenge the Corinthian church, who's already operating in the gifts, to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit? Because the gifts are messy. And throughout the ages, it's been tempting from church age to church age to do away with the gifts. Hey! for more socially acceptable behavior and practices. We have whole denominations today that don't even think the the gifts exist. For that very reason, they don't want their church services messed up. And that was a problem for the Corinthians. And so the one who founded the church, the spiritual father of the church, the apostle over that church, had to tell them this. Eagerly desire. The gifts of the Spirit. Not only are we not to do away with these messy gifts, Paul's challenge to us is to eagerly desire the gifts. Not tolerate the gifts, not endure the gifts, but eagerly desire them, all of them. 
You know what eagerly desire means? Just look up a bunch of different translations. One says earnestly desire. Another says to be zealous for. Another translation says to be earnestly ambitious for. The Amplified says to earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual gifts. And yet another says to set your heart on the gifts of the Spirit. Again, I like the passage translation that says it this way. It is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts. Now listen to me. You can read this any way you want to. But there's absolutely nothing passive in this language. There's nothing at all passive in this language. Nothing. This is passionate language. This is the language of purposed intentionality. Be purposed. Be intentional about eagerly desiring all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now the word, the Greek word used here for desire is zealous. It's where we get our English word zeal. Strong's Concordance defines it as to burn with zeal. To be zealously sought after. Have you ever burned with zeal? Has there ever been a time in your life for something, for anything, where there was a burning passion within you? I'll tell you what, I remember dating this girl. There was fire. Still wouldn't have been enough. I remember falling in love with Nadine. That was zeal. All consuming. I remember the day my daughter was born. My head exploded. There was a love for her. There was passionate zeal after that little girl. I remember when the Mets finally won the World Series. <laughs> and I remember when the Giants finally won the Super Bowl. First time they won the Super Bowl. I was on a trip speaking somewhere. And I had scheduled this trip months earlier, never realizing that the day I flew back was Super Bowl Sunday. If I had known that, and if I had even the least bit inkling that the Giants might actually be in the Super Bowl, never would plan that trip. But my wife loves me, and even though I didn't get home until halftime, she taped the game. By the end of that game, two minutes left, miracle you know, play, and the Giants win. Nadine and I are literally jumping up and down, screaming and dancing in the room as our team won the Super Bowl. That's eagerly desiring. We had an eager desire for our team and that they would win. We didn't care how foolish we looked. We were on fire. That's, that's our posture for the gifts of the Spirit. That's our posture after God. If I can be that excited about football, man, I can be that excited about Jesus, right? Wouldn't it feel like, man, there was joy just exploding out of my heart and my mind? Nadine, my kids, my teams. Vine's expository dictionary defines is zealo as to have a zeal for, to be zealous towards. Thayer's Greek lexicon adds, to imitate emulously, 
to strive after, to be full of zeal for good, to be zealous. Are you tracking with me? Are you tracking with me? Passion's a good thing, guys. Passion ought not be punished. Passion's good. We ought to be passionate after God. Was it Wesley who said people will watch you if you set yourself on fire or something along those lines? We ought to burn for him. There's nothing whatsoever in this language that communicates a passive approach to the gifts of the Spirit. And I can tell you that my life has not been has not been a, pa- a, a passive pursuit of the gifts. It's been a white, hot, fiery, passionate pursuit after God and His Spirit. I want all of Him. I want all of Him. I don't care what it costs me. I had a vision once, powerful vision. One of the most powerful visions I'd ever had. I'm speaking to a heavenly being. They want to know how high did I want to go. They asked me the question. I said, I want to go all the way. And this heavenly being looked at me and said, it'll cost you everything. I was like, I know. Rather flippantly, I said, I know. He looked at me (laughs) with intensity and says, no, you don't know. It will cost you everything. And I took a second to ponder, and my response was, I still want it all. That's my heart after God. Am I done it perfectly? No. But I want him. And if it's of him, I want all of it. So Charlottetown Vineyard, you are called to be a spirit-filled church, one that operates fully in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not only your calling it is your spiritual birthright as a vineyard church. So, as your pastor, for one last day, as your friend, as a spiritual father, I exhort you today, go after the gifts. Go after them hard. Go after them passionately. Go after them relentlessly. Go after them with all you've got. I exhort you to live supernatural lives in the power of the Holy Spirit and to settle for absolutely nothing less than that. Because that's your right. And the third part of 1 Corinthians 14.1 is this. It says, especially prophecy. Paul adds, of all these gifts which you should passionately and zealously pursue, Be most passionate. Be most zealous after prophetic gifts. Be most passionate. Be most zealous after revelatory gifts. Why? Why? Why of all the gifts, that one? For this reason. It's all about relationship. From God's end, it's all about relationship. It's all about relationship from his end. That's that's been the whole point. That's why we exist. That's why you sit at tables and on chairs and breathe air this morning. It's because God wants relationship with you. And listen, where there are clear lines of communication, 
It leads to healthy relationships. And besides, God likes you. <laughs> and He wants to talk with you. Like any good dad or any good parent. He wants to talk to his kids. Highlight of my day is one of the kids call. Hey, Dad, how you doing? We love that, right? And if we get to talk to both of them in the same day, woohoo! That's awesome. We love talking to our children. The Heavenly Father loves to communicate with you. And that's His great desire. That happens through prophetic revelatory gifts. One way or another. You sense, you perceive communication from God. And He is incredibly creative. And there is a whole vast array of ways that revelatory, that prophetic gifts can operate. Sometimes they are custom made for the individual. And the way he speaks to me is going to be different than the way he speaks to you. What a glorious day it was when I realized the language that God and I share. It was amazing. And in the process I discovered, he'd been speaking to me that way my whole life. I was just ignorant of the fact it was him. Now for me, it's the language of analogy and metaphor and simile. He always speaks to me that way. This is that. And with it, he has graciously given me the ability to understand. When he shows me this thing, it means that. And that's the way we talk. He speaks to me in the language of pictures. You know, when I was a little kid, I couldn't wait to get the Sunday paper. Because the, 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 the funnies, right? The comics were in color on Sundays. I'd save my allowance to go down to the candy store and get comic books. The pictures speak to me before I ever knew what the pictures meant. Guess what? He's talking to you because he's a good dad and he wants to talk to his kids. And, and the Bibles that you own, they're documented, empirical evidence of the fact that we have a speaking God. Not only do we have a speaking God, He's the one who initiates conversations. How many times do we see in Scripture that the angel of the Lord showed up and they were terrified? It wasn't like they were expecting Him. It wasn't like they heard, hey, 3 o'clock, we have an appointment, I'm coming over for coffee. Boom, God shows up. And He has to tell them, be not afraid, because that freaked them out. I get it. There are sometimes heavenly beings show up. They freak me out too. But he initiates communication. Not only do we have a God who enjoys speaking to his children, but a God who initiates the conversations. He calls you without waiting for you to call him. Because he loves you and he longs to spend time with you in deep conversation. Now listen to me. My life is a living testimony that God can and will speak to anyone. God speaks to me in amazing dreams and visions. And frankly, he speaks to me nearly all the time in prophetic revelation. But I know this is true, and some of you have discovered it. God does not speak to me because I'm good, or I'm holy, or I'm special. Because I'm none of those things. God speaks to me in spite of the fact that I'm a hot mess. 
He speaks to me because he's God and he wants to speak to me. He speaks to me because he's good and he's holy and he's special. I believe that God speaks to me the way he does to give you hope. To let you know that if he can speak to some old fat guy from Brooklyn, he can certainly speak to you as well. And so, Charlottetown Vineyard, as your pastor for one last day, as your friend, as a spiritual father, I exhort you to eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But of them all, especially go after prophetic gifts. May God grant each of you eyes that truly see into the spiritual realm. May he grant you ears that can hear the Spirit even when he whispers. May God give to each of you, just like Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, the spirit of wisdom and in revelation to this end, that you'd know him better, that you would be more intimate with God. So in closing, let me, let me make just a few final comments before we end with a song. It's been my privilege to serve as your pastor these past five years. Thank you for allowing me that honor. I've had favor <laughs> across the churches on PEI. And I'll carry that with me as we leave. Wayne and Natalie, I, I want to thank you for, for being faithful friends. Um, truly, true friends. For having my back again and again and again. For believing in me. Thank you for stepping up and for stepping in when so many others stepped out. Thank you, my friend. You're a good man and you've been honorable toward me. And I love you. I love and appreciate both you and that. And Angie, you've been a daughter to Nadine and I. We love you dearly. Your friendship has been a priceless gift. And I know that we will be lifelong friends. I have thoroughly enjoyed watching you grow in faith. I've been honored to be part of that journey with you. And I'm very excited to see what God has in store for you in the future. There have been some hard times the last five years, but I want you to know that every choice I made to have your back, every time I chose not to throw you under the bus, every time I chose to protect you, I felt was the right choice. I have no regrets, and I want to be known publicly, given the opportunity, I would do it all over again, because that's who I am. That's who I'm, how I'm wired. And you're absolutely worth it. God's got great things in store for me. So we're going to be moving. And um, I don't exactly know 
when yet. Our lease is up at the end of the month, so but before the end of the month, we'll be moving. I'm hoping that over the next few days, I'll have a few more details known exactly. Um, and I'll post details on Facebook as they, um, as they become clear. We're probably going to need some help. Um, probably need some help with two things in particular. Um, when, when the day comes, we'll need help loading the truck. Because, boy, we've been, we've been purging for a few weeks now. And still, man, after all these years together, we got a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know. I moved here with 40 boxes of books. I got it down to 20. That's a whole lot of books I got rid of. So we purge a lot, and we're packing a lot. But when moving day comes, if we can get some help loading the truck, boy, that would be awesome. And the other thing we'll need help with is just giving the house a final cleaning. We have a $750 deposit that, man, we'd really like to get as much of that back as possible and leaving the place as clean you know, as possible is, um, is what's going to get us from here to there. So I will put stuff on Facebook and if anybody's available and like to help, boy, we'd really appreciate it. Um, and mostly I, I do, we do ask for your prayers. This is a giant leap of faith for Nadine and I. Um, never before have we left one location for another without jobs and without a place to live and not even sure that we have enough money to get there. And so this is a huge leap of faith for us. So please pray that God will provide. Please pray we need jobs and, and that he'll provide the right place for us to live. It's just kind of real basic stuff. Please pray for us. We, we covet your prayers. We desperately need uh, your prayers. And so... One last time, please hear my heart. Charlottetown Vineyard, follow the way of love. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially that you may prophesy. Let's pray. Father, I love these people. God, I love these people. Thank you for letting me Passed it on the last five years. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray a Father's blessing on every man, woman, and child that calls this church their own. I ask that you would bless them in the same way I ask that you would bless Lisa and Tom. Lord, rend the heavens. Pour out blessing and favor on their lives. Let them experience so much blessing so much favor. They wouldn't have room enough for it all. It would be pressed down and shaken together. Let it just overflow them, oh God. Lord, I pray that you bless their businesses and bless their jobs. And Lord, give people promotions and increase. Lord, I pray you bless their relationships, that husbands and wives and parents and children would love one another. That there would be reconciliation. Lord, I pray that you would fulfill hopes and dreams. That every promise you've ever made to any one of them. That you yourself would be faithful to perform them. And Lord, I pray for the future of the Charlottetown Vineyard. That it would be filled with blessing. 
Lord, I pray that you double it, triple it, quadruple the size of this church. And Lord, I pray for the, for the next person that you send the pastor of this church, that they be an awesome man or woman of God, that they would be just crazy in love with you, that they would be a man or a woman full of grace, filled to overflowing with love, capable of operating in the gifts of your spirit, really high levels. Lord, I pray that they would be better than me and that they would do a better job than I did. Lord, I pray for the Charlottetown Vineyard. Give her a building, Lord. Give her a building. They could be firmly established in this city. Do it, Lord. Lord, I pray that you heal all the hurts and wounds of the past five years. And that all of that can be left behind as people move forward. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Live in the fullness of that freedom. Fulfill your God-given destiny. When God birthed this church, he had a plan. Lord, I pray that your full plan and your full purpose would be accomplished. Let it be because of some of the things I did, Lord. Let it be in spite of it. But let your will be done. And let your people be blessed. And Father, I ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.